Join Eurex and DeribSource for a webinar June 20th on the rise of total return futures, what you need to know, where industry participants explore the emergence of the total return future and how both buy and sell side market participants can use this newly designed futurized swap as part of a wider trading strategies and to achieve greater margin efficiency. Register via the webinars tab on derivsource.com. Hello and welcome to a DerivSource podcast. I'm Emily fraser Voigt, and I'm the acting editor of DerivSource.com. Today we're talking about legal entity identifiers, or LEIs for short. LEIs help financial firms and regulators aggregate and better understand counterparty exposures, providing enhanced market transparency and improved analysis of systemic risk. Soon, all entities involved in a European trade on both the buy and the sell side will be required to supply LEIs in their trade reporting, thanks to updates to MIFID 2. In this podcast, we're speaking to Ron Jordan, Managing Director of Data Services at the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, or the DTCC, about current LEI uptake, the challenges institutions might face in using them, and what impact these regulatory changes will have. Thank you, Ron, for joining us today. Thank you, Emily. It's my pleasure to join you. Can you start by offering an update to our audience on the status of LEIs? How many LEIs have been issued and across how many jurisdictions? Sure. The LEI system really has several different components, and let me just start there. The LEI system is managed by a global legal entity identifier foundation called Glyph, and that is the operating arm for the global system. Sitting underneath the Glyph are about 30 what they call LEI operating units or LOUs, of which DTCC is one of those 30. And we are the operating units that issue the LEIs, validate the information and maintain the LEIs on behalf of the registrants, those in the industry or those in the financial services world that are required to get LEIs for regulatory reporting. The system as it is now has been operational for several years. There are approximately 500,000 LEIs that have been issued to financial institutions and corporates across the globe in over, I believe, over 200 jurisdictions worldwide. The GMEI utility, which is DTCC wholly owned subsidiary, which you mentioned earlier, is an accredited LOU. We've issued approximately 240,000 of the 500,000 global LEIs again, in about 200 jurisdictions. So the LEI system is maturing and it continues to expand. I would note that beginning on May 1st, just a week away, the LEI system will be experiencing a fairly fundamental change. And rather than just requiring LEIs to be registered for core baseline information, beginning May 1st, all of the local of the LEI operating units will start to collect information from LEIs, registrants, for not only themselves, but for their direct and their ultimate parents. And that is a requirement which is going to start May 1st, and it will be mandatory for all LEI registrants and anybody renewing an LEI. So again, beginning May 1st, 
direct parent and ultimate parent information will be required to be collected upon a registration and renewal. There have been some comments on LEIs being expensive for market participants who may not have high use for such identifiers. What would your response be to this concern? I think there are several responses. First is that, as I mentioned, there are 30 LEI operating units, and we all compete with each other, and we compete like most other companies. We compete on quality, product, user functionality, and we compete on price. So there are 30 LOUs. I think there are almost 30 different prices for registration and renewal, and there are lots of different types of services that are offered. So my sense on the price range is that for registration, to register a corporate entity to get an LEI, the price is generally between 150 and 200 US dollars, and that is a one-time registration fee. And then there is an annual renewal requirement, and that renewal fee is generally between 75 and 100 dollars per year for each LEI. So again, I don't believe that the pricing is too expensive. The LEI's operating units take the information. We not only assign unique LEI code to the data, but we also validate the information to make sure that it can be validated against publicly available sources, business registries, and the like. So there is a service that is provided, and that's what the funding is able, the cost of which the funding covers. Also, I would say very important that all LEIs, all 500,000 LEIs and all of the reference data associated with those LEIs is freely available. There is no charge to receive the information. So the model here is quite different than most market data models, which require a user of the database to pay. Here, the information is in the public domain, and the way that the cost of the validation is sustained is through these, I'll call them taxes, on the registrants, much like getting your driver's license and renewing your driver's license. So every entity pays a small amount to keep the system as accurate as it can possibly be. So again, I would argue that the prices between, you know, for a $100 annual renewal and a $200 initial registration are very reasonable and they are subject to competition. And therefore, I think the system as a whole has a very sound operating model. What are the challenges or obstacles that impede wider adoption of LEIs? LEIs generally are required today for certain regulatory reporting. And in the OTC derivatives markets, specifically it started with the CFTC in the United States and then ESMA in Europe. And there have been other regulatory bodies around the globe who have required LEIs on reporting. There is still a lack of uniform requirement of LEIs among global regulators. So one of the major obstacles is that unless LEIs are required, registrants are reluctant to get them. And as I mentioned, they are only currently required in some derivatives asset classes in the United States and Europe and a few other jurisdictions. So they're not widely required. That is a major obstacle right now is the lack of regulatory requirement, although that will be changing shortly with MIFID too. The other ongoing issue is the need for compliance for making sure that the entities renew 
their LEIs on an annual basis. As I mentioned earlier, the renewal is important because it helps fund the system. And if a registrant gets an LEI and they fail to renew, the LEI is still valid for regulatory reporting purposes, at least now. However, it does go into a status called lapse. And that lapse status just indicates that the registrant has not come back and renewed their LEI. That's important because without a regulatory enforcement or without regulatory enforcement of the annual renewal, the system funding gets stretched. And that is one of the regulatory needs in the system going forward to make sure the operating model can survive. So it's not just the rules of requiring LEIs, but it's also the rules of requiring the annual maintenance and renewal of the LEIs, which become important. Can you update our audience on the planned revision to MIFID II? What's the motivation behind this revision? Beginning on January 1st, MIFID II will take place and will require reporting to European regulators, LEIs across all asset classes, not just derivatives for the first time. So equities, fixed income, et cetera, anything that's being reported to a European regulator will have to be reported identifying the party and the counterparty with an LEI. That's a fairly significant expansion of the use of LEIs for reporting purposes. While I can't speak for the motivation of the European regulators I can say that the use of LEIs, generally speaking, by regulators is to help regulators understand systemic risk and risk of counterparties. So by having LEIs reported, they can uniquely and unambiguously identify parties to transactions regardless of the broker-dealer or entity that may be reporting to the regulator. So if firm ABC is doing a trade with three different broker-dealers, firm ABC will be reported with the exact same LEI, regardless who's reporting, and that helps regulators understand better systemic risk or whether there's any concentration risk for any entities. That is also the reason behind the reporting of direct and ultimate parents, or that's also known as level two information, so that regulators can get an understanding not only who is doing a trade, what entity is doing a trade, but who that entity's ultimate parent or direct parent may be. So if there's other entities, there's other children of the parents transacting, the regulators can better aggregate the risk up to the parent. So all of this has started with systemic risk analysis, and I think the LEI system continues to evolve both in level two to get the parentage information, and now with MIFID II coming in January to move across derivatives into other asset classes. And lastly, how will this revision impact market participants and LER utilities such as GMEI? Beginning on January 1st or leading up to January 1st, we do expect that there will be a dramatic increase in the number of registrants for LEIs. And that volume will need to be handled in a timely basis by the LEI operating units, by DTCC's GMEI utility, as well as all of the others. We don't know how big the rush to the door will be. We did see that when MIFID was released several years ago where LEIs were required for derivatives reporting, there was 
a very large concentration of registrations just prior to the rule going into effect. We expect that to happen as well in January. As I mentioned, we don't know how big it will be. The estimates range from a 50% increase in the velocity of LEI registrants to potentially a 500% increase. So all of the LEI operating units right now are preparing for that. We are determining how best to increase our staffing to be able to accept the registrations and turn them around in a timely manner to the issue the LEIs. We are looking at ways to try to incent registrants to who may need LEIs for MIFID II to get those LEIs sooner than in December of 2017, not wait to the last minute. And we're working with the Glyph as well to figure out how best to get the word out to make sure that those people who will be affected by MIFID II understand their need for LEIs as soon as we possibly can. So all of those things are happening. We do think it will have a volume in, impact on the system. We do believe that the LEI operating units will have the ability to handle that volume, although, again, we cannot predict right now the type of volume increase we'll see towards the end of the year. Thank you, Ron, for sharing your insight with us. Thank you for listening to this DerivSource podcast. To read the transcript, please go to the show notes page on DerivSource.com. Thank you for listening and join us next time. Thank you.